Well, you know these guys? I sure do. They know you. Much respected. Tremendous. They are rootsy. Yep. They are... They got it going on. They, yeah. That's they're happening. What was, that's what they're happening. They work hard, they play hard. They, they play hard, they work hard. They look good, they feel they, good. That, yeah, we could have said the same Pretty thing. much all you need. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 125 here in the last week of July 2017. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We have a horrendous WWE pay-per-view to talk about, and I went to Monday Night Raw this week, and it was a pretty good, pretty newsworthy edition of SmackDown this week. We might touch on the G1. I haven't been following the last few days of that tournament uh, beyond the Kenny Omega-Yano match, which I saw clips from that no doubt cost Jim Cornette to burn into flames or burst into flames. Uh, Liam, what in your opinion is the biggest story in the world of wrestling this week? Where do you want to start? Uh, I guess just for the sake of kind of going in order. I mean, really, I guess we were going in order. Order, We'd be talking about whatever G1 stuff happened. But as far as uh, order of importance, uh, I would say probably just start with the pay-per-view. Um, and uh, when we get to the story, when we get to SmackDown, we'll uh, discuss what... Uh, you, our, our lovely Twitter followers, decide who was the biggest story in wrestling this week. But yeah, let's just get into this really terrible pay-per-view first. It was a truly horrendous show on Sunday. It was the Battleground show. There was one good match on the show, the tag opener between the Usos and New Day. New Day won the SmackDown tag titles. There was a botched, apparently a botched finish in the AJ and Kevin Owens match, and I thought the women's match was okay, and I thought the rest of the show was just dreck. Uh, what What are your thoughts on uh, that tag opener, and then kind of where things devolved from there? <laughs> yeah, uh, tag opener was awesome. Um, it was one of my more favorite WWE matches this year, I think. Um it was really good. It felt like the right time to maybe change the titles just because the Usos have been champions for, for a while. And unfortunately, when you only have a tag division of five or six teams, uh, you kind of need to change the titles uh, pretty often just to try to keep things fresh, I think. Um, so yeah, but it was a great, great match. The uh, The one spot, which I'm sure anyone listening to this has seen of uh, you know, Woods jumping off the top rope and and getting hit with the super kick uh, out of out of out of nowhere, so to speak, um, was just just great, great match. Uh, don't really very often see the the Kofi and Xavier team. Uh, usually Big E's in there, so it was kind of a unique dynamic. Um, yeah, just a really fun opener, and uh, that was pretty much the end of good things on this show. There was a horrendous Shinsuke Nakamura Baron Corbin match on that show where they did a, a DQ finish and then they went ahead and just gave Nakamura a win on SmackDown. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't have done that on the pay-per-view. Uh, you're punished for watching the pay-per-view, I guess. Um, <laughs> you get you get crappy finishes and bad matches. Speaking of crappy finishes, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens had 
a bad match on that show. It was the worst AJ Styles match I've seen, at least on this WWE run. And the finish was really flat and weird. And um, you texted me after the show and we were talking about how terrible it was. And I asked you what the heck happened because it seemed to me like something was amiss there. And I guess it, maybe it was. What do you think happened there? Uh, I mean, it seems like there's uh, like two or three options. Um, maybe not even that many. Either it was just really poorly. It just like the way it felt felt so flat that you almost had to assume something went wrong. They did the ref bump spot just before that, uh, which didn't really end up leading to much because you would think, okay, the ref's groggy. You'll leave, you know, you'll leave. Cause that way, you know, AJ gets his shoulder up or something on the pin or has his foot on the ropes or something. And the ref doesn't see it cause he's groggy. Uh, but that's not what happened. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, the, the theories, the, the prevailing theories were either somebody was supposed to get their shoulder up or Owens was supposed to tap out at the same time, uh, you know, and just didn't. And so AJ just got pinned. Or I know, I believe, I, wanna, I believe Brian Alvarez said that he was told that the finish was just changed so last minute. Like it was like the, the that's why the refs wear the earpiece, I guess, is. They were basically the ref was told shortly before, like during the match, that they were changing the finish. But again, why they improvised such a weird kind of flat finish, I don't, I don't quite know if that's the case. But uh, yeah, it was, it was just very weird, and I mean, it's it's quite a feat to have AJ Styles wrestle Kevin Owens and have people asking if that was the worst match on the show. Yeah, that was that was quite weird. Um, I guess if you're into, I don't know if irony is the right word, but if you're into liking, uh, I don't know, liking bad stuff for the sake of comedy, uh, I thought the Punjabi prison match, um, with the return of the great Kali probably fit that bill pretty well. Uh, is Kali, (laughs) is Kali back? I didn't, I missed the very beginning of the gender Cena promo on SmackDown but I didn't see Kali on SmackDown. Uh, is he, was he on SmackDown this week? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, but yeah, I mean, it certainly seemed like they wouldn't do that if they weren't planning something. Oh, uh, that's, that's horrendous. Which I mean, the only thing it looks like we, they've also announced now that it's Cena versus Nakamura next week with the winner getting gender at SummerSlam. So that would mean what a, a Randy versus, Kali singles match. Oh my lord. That sounds Please. terrible, man. Oh no. What? Randy Orton is just having a horrendous in-ring year, and I don't necessarily think it's his fault. He could be going for the golden sombrero of terrible uh of terrible uh pay-per-view matches this year. Um actually did a poll about that this week too, which I can talk about now. Uh, you the you the Twitter Twitter followers you can follow us at TWL underscore podcast voted the Punjabi prison match as Randy Orton's worst match this year. Like man, you guys got to go back and watch that House of Horrors thing again, and then get back to me because I didn't think it was the worst match Orton's had this year. Um, but yeah, it was it was bad and and really silly. And yeah, I I mean. 
I don't know what you do with Orton if not, unless he's just going to disappear for a while. Yeah, it's it's. I don't. Yeah, with throwing Cena into the mix there on uh, on SmackDown, and I guess potentially Nakamura as well, giving away Cena and Nakamura on free television next week is uh, eventing SummerSlam. You know, <laughs> that's a great question. Why is Finn Balor wrestling the Drifter? Or Bray Wyatt, for that matter. Oh, really, Bray Wyatt? I'm I'm more upset about Bray Wyatt. Like, the Drifter thing, you know, at least it's it's filled a few weeks on Raw. Bray Wyatt, ugh. His programs are just... I like Bray in the ring. And his programs are are just awful at this point. Yeah, they're bad. They're, they're death. Uh, the Punjabi prison match, one of the Singh brothers, I'm not sure which, I'm sorry, uh, took over... Zanir? Zamir? Zanir? Zamir? <laughs> we'll call him Fred. Fred took a weird bump, I mean, just a, a horrifying bump uh, off the outer structure through a table. It was not quite as horrifying as Foley off the top of the cell, but um, it was... It was a scary bump, and then they just immediately... I mean, they did show a couple of, like, picture-in-picture replays, but they cut immediately back to Jinder and Randy, like, uh, hand-fighting uh, <laughs> in a two-foot-by-two-foot two space between the in- inner cage and the outer cage. I don't remember from the first two Pun- Punjabi prison matches. Was that deal where the doors are shut forever? Was that... Uh, uh, improvised for this match, or was that also the case in the first two matches? Do you know? Uh, I'm not 100 sure. I, I maybe we'll do that sometime in this year on an uh, on a future share one of the Punjabi prisons, and we can answer that question then. But yeah, I was not I was not very familiar with with the concept. I don't remember anybody ever talking about that. But then again, I don't. I don't remember a lot of people talking about the Punjabi prison matches in general uh, uh, too too much after they had happened. So that was just dreadful. Then SmackDown uh, was pretty good this week. Yeah, that I enjoyed the uh, Cena and uh, Jinder <laughs> uh, promo segment. Cena saying that Jinder might know him best from uh, the voice of an elephant pistachio commercials. And uh, it's nice to meet you. You can't see me hit the trumpets. That's fantastic. Uh, yep. <laughs> I've been leaving work this week saying, uh, you can't see me hit the trumpets. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll be living with that one for a while. And uh, hey, Nakamura and Cena next week. If we're going to get a good Nakamura main roster match, which I don't think we've had yet, I think it's going to be on SmackDown next week. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, as you mentioned, why is it happening? <laughs> but uh, but yeah. yeah, no, it's it's awesome. It's exciting. I will certainly be tuned in to watch that. Um, and yeah, I like to me... It seems like there aren't a lot of like big men. Ma- to be fair, despite their booking of Nakamura, um, like the announcers generally have tried very hard. Like JBL, every time he comes out, is talking about how he hasn't seen an entrance like this since The Undertaker, and there's just such a magic about this man. So they are like they do think he's good. Like it's not. I don't think we need to be worried that Nakamura is getting hashtag buried or anything, but. 
um, yeah, I wouldn't just be doing, I wouldn't be doing a clean finish for this. Um, it kind of seems like probably whoever doesn't win this match probably faces AJ for the U.S. title. So I assume Owens is going to be paired off with Jericho. Um, so, I mean, it's probably winner gets Ginger, loser gets AJ. So maybe both guys should be politicking to lose this one. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, no, I, so I think it'll be really good. And I, uh, if we get either, I am okay with getting either Nakamura and AJ or Nakamura and, or, or Cena and AJ again. So, uh, yeah, you know, SummerSlam on the SmackDown side looks like it could be a, a pretty good show, and I think like Cena, Cena can is the type of guy who could get a good match out of, but he has no business getting good matches out of. And uh, so I think he, him, and Ginger would probably be fine. It would probably be good, in fact. Yeah, I think the first Randy and Ginger match was pretty good i mean we talked about this on the show i thought it was very like 2005 wwe pay-per-view main event but i thought that was pretty good and cena can cena can do that kind of match uh with gender for sure you mentioned jericho jericho came back on smackdown this week i know he has um coming up and i think some fozzy shows um through the end of the summer and into september do you know if he's back back or I guess I have not read the wrestling observer yet this week. There might be some news in there, but uh, did you this to me, it could have played either way. It could have played as Jericho is back or that could have been a one-off for a few months. Did you get a sense for whether or not Jericho is back back? Um, well, I kind of thought when the finish happened after the finish, when AJ wins the title and rolls out of the ring with the title and Owens just starts going nuts and throwing up. I thought he was going to grab Jericho and, powerbomb him through the table or something and then we wouldn't see Jericho for another couple of months but I mean all he did, I mean he got pinned in a wrestling match it seems like it would be odd if he just wasn't acknowledged uh, you know why he's not on the show starting next week but I guess it depends um, if he if he feels strong generally I think Jericho's been the type of guy if, if he feels strongly enough about a program or about a storyline he will he'll make time for WWE. I think that's, I mean, for the la- almost the last year, he was, he, I think, believe last year, he, I think he's even said on his podcast, he was supposed to finish up around SummerSlam. And then he was having so much fun with the, the pairing with him and Owens that he, uh, that he stuck around for, you know, an extra six months or so. So I could see him maybe wanting to come back and just kind of put the exclamation point on that Jericho and Owens story. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But I didn't feel like it was a, a quick another quick write off for him. Uh, at least not not right away. You mentioned you mentioned Jericho's podcast. I recommend listening to his podcast this week. Uh, Talk is Jericho. He had Dave Meltzer on, and they talked about uh, Chris Benoit's wrestling career. Really weird topic uh, with two guys that knew Benoit pretty well and who know each other pretty well and well worth a listen. I mean, they talked through kind of some of the awkwardness of, of Benoit's career and, and just, just listen to it. It's really good. Um, and that Jericho, uh, AJ Owens three way, uh, the SmackDown main event this week, that was an awesome match and better than anything on the pay-per-view and than anything on Monday night raw. 
which I attended this week in Washington, D.C. Um, the crowd was super hot for that opening segment with uh, Roman, Braun, Angle, and Joe. And hey, they're getting a four-way at SummerSlam. So uh, I believe you called that last week, but uh, I'm happy that, uh, that Joe and, to a lesser extent, Braun uh, are getting themselves in the title match there. And if Brock is making noise about going off to fight John Jones. Do you expect a, a SummerSlam title change there? And who do you expect of those four men to uh, emerge from SummerSlam with the Universal Championship? Uh, I mean, to me, I put the title on Joe uh, because you have, and they have played it up very well, that uh, Roman has never beat him. So whenever it's time for Roman to put get the title, whether that's, January, if you know, if he's going to be, if if they're still doing him and if they're doing Roman and Cena at Mania, you know, Roman can win the title, say at the Royal Rumble, and Cena can win the Rumble, and as he's established as a free agent, he can just hop over there and they can do that match, um, or or whatever. But I would say you you there's 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 something there. The idea of Joe's the one he came close to beating Brock. He beats maybe he pins Roman to win the title. I don't know. It depends on how how much they feel feel they want to protect Brock or whatever. Um, but I think you do that, and then you go to when you just have Roman and Joe do a program, and then in the in the last chance match, you can have Roman, you know, finally beat, beat Joe to win the title. Um, at least that's what I would do. Uh, yeah, how about, how about Brock, and Jock, Brock and John Jones, though? That's... Not a fight I thought I would see, say, six months ago. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But uh, I saw somebody make this point on Twitter today. We li- we're living in a world where Conor McGregor is fighting Floyd Mayweather. Of course that fight can happen. <laughs> you know? Um, a giant money fight. Um, so as long as John Jones doesn't get himself suspended, <laughs> he's... <laughs> He's fighting this or Brock weekend. Doesn't get himself suspended. To be fair, that's a good point. It's a good point as well. They both got suspended at the same time, uh, <laughs> coming <laughs> coming out of UFC 200. So there's that. Uh, mentioned uh, that I was at Raw. The crowd reacts reacted to Joe and Braun. In they got superstar reactions. I mean, Roman did as well, mm-hmm. but. And Braun more so than Joe, actually. <laughs> but those guys got superstar reactions. And I haven't been in the crowd for some for an angle that hot. I don't I don't know ever or back to since when I was like I was in that building for SummerSlam two thousand five and the crowd was crazy hot for Edge and Matt Hardy and Kurt Angle and Hogan and Sean that night. And that's the only thing I can compare it to as far as live shows that I've been to. Really into that opening segment. Uh, not so much into the Cruiserweight stuff throughout the show. And so, so what you're saying is the guys who have been protected and win a lot are more over? <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> Ethan, I've been told wins and losses do not matter, so I think you might be mistaken. <laughs> I, maybe it was an anomaly. Maybe I was in Bizarro World on Monday. I don't know. <laughs> they, you know, they cheer for people they usually boo. It's crazy. 
It is. It is. That show, that show on Monday was inexplicably main evented by Rollins and Ambrose going against the Miz Tourage. Uh Sasha and Bailey had a really good match, not at the level of their takeover matches or anything, but they were working at a level above your normal TV match. And that match went out of the ring at about 10, 10, 15 maybe. And I turned to my wife, still strange to say that I turned to my wife and I said, Hey, I know we got to, you know, you got to get up, go to work tomorrow. If you want to go now, uh, I'm cool. We can go. And uh, we decided to stick it out. Um, And in retrospect, I'm not sure that was a great decision. Um, The crowd, the crowd did love that, that main event. They were throwing babies in the, in the air at the end. Uh, when uh, Ambrose hit Dirty Deeds on Miz. Miz Taraj already uh, already knocked down a peg. Jason Jordan uh, looks like we'll be feuding with Miz over the uh, Intercontinental title as they announced Jason Jordan on Miz TV next week. Um, I assume Rollins and Ambrose going for the tag titles against Sheamus and Cesaro or maybe some kind of multi-person program there. Um... Let's see. During that applicably long tag match between the Good Brothers <laughs> and uh, the, the Revival. Babyface uh, Club. <laughs> yes. Between those guys and the Revival, uh, the crowd, I'm, I'm not sure if they were chanting, we want Charlie or we want Hardy's. I think either would have been acceptable, uh, but they were they were ch- but they were obviously chanting for the Hardys. Uh, so maybe I don't know. You get a multi-team match there or something. It sure seems like they're doing something with there. But um, I mean, the fact that they did the clean pin of the baby faces beating because this whole thing started with them coming together around the you know hating the Miz, and now they've beaten the Miz and his cronies three on two. It kind of feels like, yeah, they must be moving on to something. Um, so yeah, that and that's really the only thing that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if, if you want. It. I guess you could do a multi-team match just because you know, generally with SummerSlam, they want they want to get everybody on the show. So and then you can always, you know, that the you can do Rollins and Ambrose against Cesaro and Sheamus in a, a two-on-two match at the at the following pay-per-view. So it's yeah, that's that sounds good. Um, I like Seth and Dina's team. Uh, I do wonder, and I think we've talked about this off the air. I'm not sure if we talked about it on the air. Do you think when they do the real Shield reunion, do you think it'll be less of a big deal than it would be if they kept them all apart? Because I mean, Seth and Roman have teamed a bunch. Dean and Roman have teamed a bunch, and now Seth and Dean have teamed a bunch. We haven't gotten the the real big official. Uh, reunion, even though they're all baby faces on the same show now. Uh, do you think they've hurt that at all, or do you think it'll still be a, a pretty giant deal? Oh, a hundred percent, they've hurt it. I mean, if if I were booking, I would have. I, I don't. I would not have all three of those guys on the same show. First of all, and second of all, I would keep them as far away from each other as as possible. But I mean, the realities of having a split roster like that, and they don't carry a lot of guys, so there's not a lot of depth. So I understand kind of why they've had well, to. there's and- a lot of depth, but if we brought that depth up, then Hunter wouldn't have his vanity project in Orlando. There's a lot of truth to that. There's absolutely a lot of truth to that. You got Roderick Strong and Bobby Roode wrestling in front of 
250 people once a week at a uh, house show in Florida. But yeah, uh, yeah, they've absolutely heard it. But I mean, it'll still be big, but it won't be as big as it could have been. And I don't know. I don't know that it matters. I'm just thinking about, I remember there's a pay-per-view that you, me, and your now wife went to in Baltimore two years ago, I believe. I think it was uh, it was either Battleground or Payback. The logos, I believe it was Payback. But there was uh, the main event was the three Shield guys and Orton in a four-way. Yeah. And they did the triple powerbomb on Orton. And the crowd freaking lost their minds because yeah. they thought the Shield was reuniting. And then when Dean and Roman, the baby faces, then turned and started beating up Seth, people got sad. <laughs> so I do think it'll still be a giant deal. But yeah, I just wonder every time they kind of do these these little mini reunions, I wonder if 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 it's if it's not something they should kind of be holding off for the most part until they're ready for the big run. Yeah, I'd absolutely be in favor of holding off on that, and I think it's a major mistake that they haven't. But that's just the reality of how they do stuff. Uh, I I went to that show to see Sasha and Bailey, of course, of course. Bang bang, and what? Um, it was difficult for me to tell entirely. Uh, I believe that the match went through a commercial break. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay, they weren't working hard during the commercials, and I think that's part of why the the crowd wasn't into it early on. But eventually, the crowd got into it. You got dueling chants, Alexa on the big screen on commentary. Terry and it sure seemed to me from uh, my seat that that segment was really all about getting Alexa Bliss over and uh, would you uh, if you watch the television version would you say that's accurate um not 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 necessarily uh i mean it's just, i mean the she didn't it's one of those things Alexa is one of those girls who her delivery is very good and she's one of the people who i think kind of needs a script because she's not she's not particularly interesting when she's just left to her own when, when she's impro- i mean she's interesting in certain ways but as far as being interesting <laughs> as, a, as a talker creepy uncle Liam showing up next to um but she she could use a little work on her improv is what i'm saying um no, I mean, I thought they treated it like a big deal. Cole has gotten pretty good at, you know, he has a certain style for big TV matches, and I thought I thought it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's a fair amount of you know every two or three minutes, as is his job as heel commentator. Is Graves has to go, you know, show some respect, Michael. You're talking to the goddess or whatever their stupid name is. Um, but I mean, for the most part, they treated it like a big deal. Uh, they kind of treated it like it was a big upset that Bailey won, mm. um, which I guess it kind of was, since she's hasn't won a match for a while, and, and then all of a sudden she's now she's won the two against Alexa, and uh, now has beaten Sasha. So is Bailey winning the title back, and Sasha's turning? Do you have any sense of where they were going out of this? It it still seems like we're getting Alexa and Nia at some point. So I expect that uh, Sasha screws Bailey out of the championship at SummerSlam. Nia and Alexa then feud over the title. And Sasha and Bailey have a non-title feud. That's kind of the sense that I'm getting. Um, Sasha cut what might 
be construed as a heel promo uh, on on Raw. Uh, could all of her promos be kind of construed that way? That's why I said it. Maybe it could be construed that way. Yes, absolutely. She's a natural heel. Um, but anyway, I got my money's worth out of that show. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for that opening segment and the match that I went to see delivered. So, um, just a random thought here that popped into my head. Uh, you mentioned Cole on commentary and Cole being pretty good. Uh, given what his assigned role is, we've talked about this a million times on the show. Cole is, I sure. think Cole's good. Um, I think Tom Phillips is pretty good too. Ugh. And I thought he was, he was at least trying on that pay-per-view to get stuff over and to get the guys over and to tell the story of the matches while JBL and Byron are just, I don't know what they're doing there. Phillips is like a one-man booth, and those other two guys just randomly shout stuff that takes away from, I mean, this is not a, a newsflash that the commentary team is horrible, but... <laughs> Ugh. That it really stuck out like a sore thumb to me that Phillips was really trying and Byron and JBL suck. <laughs> yeah, no, every time Byron reacts to like a big move in a match, he sounds like he's never seen wrestling before. <laughs> um and yeah, JBL is I mean, everyone's pretty well aware of what JBL's role is, and he's no good, and they've got Jerry Lawler and Nigel McGuinness and Jim Ross and all these people that they could use tomorrow, of course. And instead we've got uh Byron Saxon JBL. I will say I'm glad on Raw that they're keeping Booker, it appears, and that Otunga's just gonna be a pre show guy from now on. Yeah. Because I mean Booker gets a lot of crap and I get that he's not like he's not Gordon Soley, but <laughs> like at least he sounds like he cares. Yeah. And he'll occasionally throw out like a really interesting analogy or something. Like he compared Neville to uh, Demetrius Johnson as a guy who needed to move down a weight class. And once he moved down, he dominated. Like, can you imagine like any other announcer in WWE making like a coherent UFC analogy? No. To their, to their own product? Like, of course not. But it was, yeah. So I, I like Booker T and I like, I like Graves and Cole. I'm not a huge Tom Phillips fan, but. It's he. You're right in that he is back, he is on the low low bar, that is the SmackDown commentary team. He he is tops there. And I guess while we're talking about commentary teams and such here and, and per, interview personalities, Renee was on Raw this week, and uh, and then she and, and Daniel Bryan did a did a smacking talk <laughs> <laughs> on Tout, which was a, a beautiful show. Uh, well worth going out of your way to, to see on Tout or on Daniel Bryan's Twitter. Uh, did you get a chance to see that? Oh, of course. Uh, Daniel Bryan, now a, a two-time, two-time father. And uh, <laughs> my favorite part of it being when uh, Brie Bella then tweeted Chad Gable and told told him she'd be a great stepmom. <laughs> Just fantastic. Great work by everybody involved. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I do think one of my favorite parts of this whole Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan storyline is how willing people employed by WWE are to just crap on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very interesting. But uh, speaking of guys being willing to say stuff, uh, Emma got 
got punished for saying stuff on Twitter this week. Yeah, she got squashed by Naya. Quite I was out buying on that senton. She got squashed. <laughs> I was out buying soft serve ice cream at the time, so I missed that match. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that that'll. Uh... Is she trying to get herself fired? I assume so because then later she was tweeting about Paige. So I don't know. It's like, like if you want to get fired or quit or whatever, I understand they have a weird thing where if you tell them you want to leave they'll probably try to make you stick out your contract because that's just the weird carny company that it is. Um, but yeah, like don't, I don't know. Don't burn the bridge while you're still on it. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's my advice to everyone really. But um, yeah, it was a, but I thought it was a pretty decent week of WWE television all around uh, Monday and Tuesday that, not not necessarily Sunday night, but uh, pretty pretty uh, pretty good week for for WWE, all things considered. Yeah, and they're they're promoting stuff that uh, they've been good about that in the last month or so, giving you a heads up as to what's coming the next week on the show. So we get Braun and Roman and Joe in a three way on Raw, and we get Cena and Nakamura on SmackDown. So uh, two big matches and coming up on the tel- US title as well next week. Right. They promoted, uh, yeah. SmackDown really is such a such an easier show to watch. <laughs> I mean, if, to me, it's that two hours thing. If Raw was two hours, I think it would be a better show almost every week. But yeah, that's fair. Well, I, I don't even necessarily want to say better, but I think Smack. We've we've talked about this on the show. We've talked about it on Twitter. It's just SmackDown had been so stagnant for so long, and I mean, even just. Getting gender, if we if we accept that nothing's going to change and gender's going to be the world champion, at least him getting away from Randy Orton, like that's an immediate breath of fresh air. And uh, you know, for whatever reason, the AJ and Owens program really hasn't clicked to the level that you would think one would. So those guys probably ending their feud next week, and both guys kind of moving on. I think so. It, it does feel like it's a you know, in one show they kind of started to make things feel fresher already so yeah smackdown when it's when it's rolling uh it's great and as you mentioned the air as we've talked about the the two hours thing is is always a big plus in their in their column no matter what uh the actual content of the shows are um i will just mention uh just in passing on the g1 of course you have to say say rest in peace to uh daryl takahashi the stuffed cat that bad luck Fale killed um other than that we're uh, we're still a little bit behind uh go i'm sure there are people on twitter though that are talking about it and gifting it and doing podcasts about it right now including our uh, our friend uh you can follow him at uh his name's josiah and he has a podcast that he's covering every night of the g1 so seek him out on twitter if you want more g1 analysis his twitter handle Twitter handle is wr underscore central. So go seek him out if you're looking for for the G1 chat. Uh, as we always try to make it clear when we're when, when we're out of our depth on a conversation, and I cannot watch like six days in a row of wrestling. I <laughs> we need a break. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So give uh, give Josiah's podcast a listen. That's quite the undertaking recapping every day of the g1 my word yes <laughs> i get tired just thinking about it so I, I respect him and 
and Dave Meltzer and anybody else that's watching all of it and reporting on it or, or talking about it. It's, it's no small feat. So listen to that. Listen to Talk is Jericho this week. And thanks for listening to us babble on here about uh, the wrestling life. That's all I got, Liam. You got anything else? Uh, just in passing, we'll mention at the end of the show, uh, our, our lovely Twitter followers voted Chris Jericho returning as the top story of the wrestling world this week. So we talked about that. We talked about everything else in that poll, which, of course, being a little bit of talk about the G1, as well as the potential Brock Lesnar and John Jones fight and uh, how terrible Battleground was. So I think we covered all of our topics. We've we've uh, bases, so now it's time to bring it on home. And we were both creepy. So, till next week, I'm Ethan. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and we'll be back uh, next week with more stories from the Wrestling Live. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Uh, yeah, so I got a good bonus feature story right off the bat here, if that's okay. Sure. Um, Friday night, I slept at my, uh, I'm still half living in my old apartment. And, Uh and, uh, about 2.45 Friday night into Saturday morning, um, I heard somebody banging on the door and, uh. You had to go, you got to go from the second floor to the first floor, and there's no way to see who's knocking on the door. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I was fairly certain. It seems like I currently have two roommates, uh, uh-huh. for, um, for the sake of uh, keeping, of protecting the innocent. I'll refer to them as, um, Mike and Jay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Um, I assumed that this was Mike knocking on the door uh, because he got went out, got drunk, 
locked himself out out of the place. It seems like some sure. seems like something Mike would do. Now, at that point, I have a choice: Do I attempt to go back to sleep? Do I um, go let the guy in? Do I pretend like I'm not there? Do I teach this guy a lesson? <laughs> so, so, I decide. Um, you're 30 something years old. You need to stop locking yourself out of the house. I s- sleep with headphones in quite often. I'll just turn up the volume on the headphones here and ignore it. So, sure. so guy keeps, he's just pounding on the door. Like the house, the, the house is shaking. He pa- he's pounding on the door for 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, eventually, Eventually, it stops, and I figure, well, if I were in that situation, well, I would never be in that situation, but I would uh, Uber Uber to a hotel, and it would suck, but I would, you know, be out the hundred dollars or whatever for the for the night at the hotel. But um, what else can you do? Right. And I I assume, uh, by the way, that, that Jay was also here and either did not hear or also chose to ignore. So. I go out to leave to go to my new house on Saturday morning uh-huh. and Jay's car Jay's car is parked on the parking pad and the rear window is busted out of his car and there's what appears to be human feces on the ground next to Jay's car <laughs> so I proceed to go to my new house and about three minutes later, I get a text message from Jay. He's like, Hey, somebody vandalized my car. And they also took the, uh, took a fuse out of our air conditioning system. So the air conditioning shut off in the middle of the night. He's like, (laughs) he's like the only person, the only person I've ever seen do that to an air conditioning system is Mike. (laughs) (laughs) so he's like i'm filing a a police report he also uh smeared poop all over my car (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh man that sucks dude um (laughs) let me know if you need me to do anything (laughs) right otherwise i'm just i'm just gonna steer clear about uh 10 minutes after that, I get a, another text message from Jay. He's like, yeah, I talked to Mike. Uh, he didn't do it. Everything's fine. <laughs> uh-huh. So Jay doesn't know, I guess, that what happened is Mike locked himself out of the house because he thought Jay was in the house and um, decided to take out his frustrations <laughs> and his excrement on Jay's car. So, but to keep, perhaps to keep peace, uh, Jay's just chosen to ignore that this happened and gone on, gone on living in peace with Mike. And, uh, I haven't seen either one of them and I will be out of this place in five days. So, (laughs) so don't lock yourself out of the house. Uh, don't, don't poop on uh, your roommate's car. (laughs) Don't, don't break the air conditioning. All right, well, so that's uh, couldn't get out of this house with one without one more ridiculous story. So <laughs> there's that one. 
You got any? You got any uh, bonus material stuff, or should we just get into it here? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I want to know if this is worthy of talking on the show. Actually, um, so do you follow Lana on Twitter? I do. Like, uh, no, I don't. I I don't think I do. But anyway. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Like all she tweets about is like overcoming adversity and how all the people <laughs> that tweet at her now are going to be like eating their words. And I was like, it's like, there's like a lot of tweets of like, like faux inspirational quotes that she found on like somebody's, you know, Pinterest. So yeah. Somebody's Pinterest and is now quoting on her Twitter. And I was like, Man, life hasn't been that hard for you. Like, you're hot and white and American. Like, life hasn't been that hard for you. <laughs> but it's, like, all she tweets about. Well. Social media is terrible. And I think it's probably most terrible for beautiful women. But uh, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think your point stands. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm sure a lot of people tweet horrible things to her, but I'm just saying, in general, life's pretty good for the super famous, rich, hot white girl. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> She's married to handsome Rousseau. Right. All right. Let's get into this. <laughs> this will be my last show in the Anheuser Busch Studios. <laughs> End of an era. Yeah, can't come are, soon enough. Are you leaving Shift the intern at your apartment? I never really understood where he was in vicinity to us. <laughs> I'm not sure. We only talk I about think... him once every like, like nine months. So <laughs> it's the greatest joke that I always forget to use. Yeah, he can he can stay here and uh, live with Mike and Jay if he wants to. <laughs> Why we didn't just name the intern Lonnie Donegan, I'm not really sure at this point. But it's too late now. Chip Chip is a pretty funny name. I remember some storm skit we were doing where, I don't know, I think you and Ailey were probably in the group at the time, and I was a quote-unquote youth leader. <laughs> and uh, I insisted on, we were doing some kind of improv skit. Did the, the kid's name, <laughs> the character Chip. <laughs> is a funny name. <laughs> I don't know why, but it is. It's just a funny yeah. name. You know, no, uh, no 28-year-old dude's named Chip. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of 51-year-old guys named Chip. <laughs> maybe maybe 61-year-old guys named Chip now at, that, <laughs> at this point. But. Yeah, it's, it'd be like finding a girl named Agnes or something. Like, was... <laughs> yeah. Although, how long before hipsters, like, ironically bring that name back? Oh, sure. Every, everything. Everything that we see is, is sort of outdated now. Well, it's just, it's all going to come full circle. I try to keep on keeping on. 